Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey. Hey, another episode. We're going to go back in time with this one. Uh, we're going to drink Anchor Brewing Company tonight. But we're going to stay in America. Yes, we are. But it's from <laughs> 1896. These guys started out in California. So much, much older than a lot of the people yeah, we've been drinking we, lately. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, even, even last week when we talked about Great Lakes, we went pretty far back for the craft beer world. Yep, but, yep. But even them was only the 80s of the current, the last you know, modern century. centuries. Yeah. 1896. So yeah, this was, uh, I didn't know much about Anchor. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people have heard of them. Um, you know, even when we were talking to Jeremy, he brought them up. So mm-hmm. we had already had beer in the fridge waiting to be drank, ironically enough. Yeah, when he brought that up, we yeah. were very pleasantly surprised. Because yes. I was like, well, spoiler. Yeah. We're going to feature them. Yeah. This is because I uh, have been inspired mm-hmm. to drink what I would call some of the craft beer grandfathers yes totally of the u.s and uh obviously needed to get around to anchor eventually mm-hmm. you know we had boston beer and We're making our way around yeah you know? we did drink goose island we always drink goose yes, island once sure, a year sure. we drink bourbon county so True. there's you know no <laughs> problem there we always hit those guys we're gonna, we did some of the much older breweries but, yeah. in the world, and I think yep. we're starting to do some of the older breweries in the United States. So we're making our way around. Uh, we're starting with Steam, which I've personally never had. I don't know that I have either. There is a chance that I've had it in a bar at some point. Uh, yep, to- but I would say possible. probably not, because I would guess it would be more likely that I would be on the West Coast yes. if that were the One case. And I haven't really been out there a whole lot. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's 50-50. I'm sure I've never had this. Um, Steam was actually the first beer that they, they made. So um, mm. it's a unique... So st- Steam beer, um, <clears throat> it actually, it's a type of beer. It's also known as California Common beer okay um anchor trademarked the name steam beer in the early 80s um but supposedly and there's other there's other people that have made steam um styles over the years but anchor is like really the 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 one you know the, okay to, to, right yeah to set the the bar but so supposedly the name steam beer comes from at the time long ago they had no way of really chilling the boiling li- liquid during the brewing process so they pumped it up to open topped bins on the roof to chill it from the ocean air the oh. cool ocean air coming in to cool it off so it was constantly producing these clouds of steam on the above uh-huh. the roof of the brewery and so that's why they call it i mean that's one of the theories of why they call it steam beer but that's essentially what they said this 
comes from is huh. from it's an old process that they didn't have technology to cool it down so they just used the pacific ocean and the breeze wow. and so it's constantly just a cloud of steam above that's the beautiful. brewery hence steam beer that's so. a very romantic <laughs> explanation for the name i love it it's beautiful yeah. but yeah it was also california common beer <laughs> it's it not, be as not as good not as good but yeah, this is an it is an interesting style though because like it's not a lager. It's not it's definitely it doesn't have a lot of bite to it. It's no. an amber in color. Like it's kind of just this hybrid of different flavors almost. Yeah. Um I'm kind of just reading this cute little thing on the can right here because yeah. I was like looking for some little tidbits about nothing hops really or about anything the beer. Like yeah. But it doesn't talk about the beer at all. No. It just says forged in San Francisco, born of the gold rush mm-hmm. and survivor of earthquakes, fires and prohibition. Mm-hmm. Anchor Brewing's history is intrinsically linked to San Francisco. I think it's <laughs> brewed at higher uh so higher yeast temperatures than some okay. of the other beers. So the brewing process is a little different, I believe. Okay. But I don't know in terms of the ingredients per se what exactly is, is in here. Um, it's very mm. simple. Like not in a bad way. It's just a very clean tasting yes. beer. I was going to say if you were to take this beer and hold it up against some of the beers that it would have been competing against mm-hmm. – some of these mass-produced oh, yeah. domestics. Yeah. And you loved, let's say you loved those beers. Mm-hmm. You could drink this beer and really appreciate it because it's not a crazy it's, long shot no. from what you're used to. Which and I like that about it. Which then feels like it was relatively safe but still flavorful. Exactly. You know? And I think um, that's what we're yeah. getting is that we've had those that are mm-hmm. just yeah. watered down versions of sure. this yeah. in some ways yeah. and this is just like this is somebody who took pride in their work and wanted yes. to create something that was actually good yes, yes. and this is what they came yeah, up it's with. a really good flavorful <laughs> but it, again it's a clean simple you know but it's it's still it's it's tasty it's a good you know uh, it's a good flavor to it. It's definitely better than some other options that probably were co- competitors at the time. Um, to go kind of back to what you were reading on the can. So, you know, it says even on the can, it's since 1896. Um, it started in San Francisco. Uh, it actually, it did begin during the gold rush. So it says born of the of the gold rush. Um, <laughs> a man from Germany named Gottlieb Burkle actually began brewing in what he called Golden City Brewing. But it actually didn't, wasn't called Anchor until it was purchased by Ernst Barreth and his son-in-law in 1896. So somebody actually started brewing before it became Anchor. Okay. Um, they were all German immigrants. Um the guy who bought it, Baruth, actually died in 1906. A few months later, the brewery burned down after the 1906 earthquake. So it says something about earthquakes and fires on the yeah, can. Uh-huh. Uh, they rebuilt in a new location. Later that same following year in 1907, his son-in-law, who was the co-owner of it, got ran over by a streetcar. Oh so two other German brewers and a local liquor store owner kind of took over. And kept Anchor going all the way until Prohibition. Um, There's no real documentation of what they did 
during that time. So I don't know if they, I mean, who knows? I, we could have kept brewing beer and given it out. I have no idea. Sure. Um, sure. But so we don't know. But in 1933, Anchor reopened only to burn down again the following year. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, they rebuilt once again in a new location. It actually wound up being in six different locations over across San Francisco over the years between burning down and <laughs> moving. Um, so after Prohibition, the owners struggled to keep Anchor open for like the next 30 years. It shut down briefly around 1959. They sold to new owners. They were only shut down for a few months, opened back up. Um, but at the time, during the 50s and 60s, they were kind of fraught with contaminated beer and their beer had soured and so people lost trust in it and they you know just they were just having a lot of struggles um in 1965 fritz maytag maytag is a very well-known name he was the great-grandson of the founder of maytag corporation so whirlpool your appliances and stuff all maytag Mm -hmm. uh he was the son of the founder of maytag dairy farms who, if you like cheeses, are the people who produce Maytag blue cheese. Like, okay. also big names. Oh, all man. the same family. Um, he went to, I don't remember what, Ivy League school, Harvard, Stanford, something like that. Anyways, so he heard that the producers of his favorite beer, Steam, were soon closing their doors forever. Oh. Uh, so he went and he bought 51% of that brewery oh. for, like, a few thousand dollars in 1965. Oh. So that it saved it from bankruptcy. He eventually did purchase the whole brewery outright, but he started out with, okay, what can I get to keep it going? Right. Um, so 51% was what he started. His family wasn't too happy about him purchasing it. So Maytag Fritz, Maytag, invested heavily to revive the brewery. Um, and in order to do that, he secured loans using Maytag stock as Ooh. collateral. So then the stock went down, which means he needed to put up more stock as collateral. And that whole process didn't really make dad happy, Um, at least not at first. But he heavily invested in changing the recipe and updating the brewing process and the equipment. Uh, Over time, it grew hugely in popularity. So it was it was a risky investment, but it actually paid off in the end. Um, They eventually outgrew um, where they had rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt and in 1979 78-ish 79 bought an old coffee roastery that it actually was built in 1937 um, which is where Anchor is still at today in that building Um, so yeah uh, so steam was really the first uh, recipe that they produced and even when they revived kind of the business that was the their main flagship beer but by 1975 they were also producing four other distinctive beers regularly so they had a porter they had liberty ale which you can still get um they had a christmas ale and they had old foghorn which we're going to drink later which was one of the first barley wines in all of the united states yes. to really be produced so it was and a how huge can we not deal. drink a barley wine I mean, it's barley wine let's like we have to there's <laughs> yeah. barley wine is life right barley um, wine is life but yeah so i mean that was really unusual at that time yeah. in the 70s to produce a, a barley wine style in the united states so they were definitely yeah. breaking new ground with that um So in 2010, Maytag finally retired from brewing. He sold Anchor to an investment and consulting company. Um, Two of the main guys actually are part of the Sky Vodka 
family, but um, they actually later sold it again in 2017. Who currently owns it is the Japanese company Sapporo. Oh, so they okay. own Anchor now. Okay. Um, in 2019, Anchor workers and Brewpub workers actually voted to join the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, making it the first unionized craft brewery in all of the United States. Wow. So if you read the can, it actually says union made or something to that effect. Sure. Yeah, I um, saw that. So which is union unique to um, not a lot of craft breweries. I'm not sure the numbers. I didn't look it up. I should. But um, our union shops. But Anchor is since 2019. So relatively recent yeah. uh, development for them. Considering how old they are. Yeah. Considering they've been around since 1896. Um, and even still, I mean, they've been owned, you know, like I said, Maytag bought it in 65. And that's really the business model has been very similar um, under his regime and since then. So pretty cool. Um, I've not had much from anchor uh at all really i know they make more beers now than they did they had five at the time yeah um that they were making regularly but they also have more now and they also have some seasonal beers that they put out but um yeah so pretty cool definitely an old brewery and kind of a fun interesting story and you know they uh they pushed the limits of some styles and they obviously worked out because they're still making things since they've been making them for 50, 50 plus years. years. Yeah, so, right. You know, more power to them. <laughs> you so. can't fight that. Yeah. It still works 50 years later. you got to keep it up. I'm exactly that. I agree. So, yeah, this is pretty good. Steam is different. I like it. So speaking of upsetting your father, <laughs> I think that's a good segue a good transition into our topic for the day. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about, this is going to be really it's a very broad subject, I think, mm-hmm. but it's. I think we're gonna kind of come down in a similar fashion on a lot of these on a lot of these categories of this topic. So we're gonna talk about what's appropriate conversation mm. in front of your children. Yep. So I had come up with a couple of different like categories okay. of conversation okay. that you might have with your spouse or with friends or All your right. parents or whatever. Sure. Uh. And, you know, and you can weigh in and I, I will, of course, as well. And how you would how you would handle those situations okay. with your kids around hmm. and your son mm-hmm. in particular. I'd be interested to hear if you feel differently on certain things rather than others, because yep. while he doesn't commonly communicate a lot that mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's not listening always to you listening. i think that's an literally important... always well and, <laughs> and that kind of inspired this topic mm-hmm. because i witnessed your father yes yes comment on somebody having a conversation when your son was around yeah. that he felt was inappropriate yep. and it was very interesting to me because i kind of like initially i was kind of like oh yeah you know whatever and then thought about it Mm-hmm. A little bit later and realized, no, you know what? He did the right thing. He approached somebody and w- was very kind. It wasn't sure. like a, hey, shut up over there. Yes. You know, he was, but he was just like, hey, let's go easy on this mm-hmm. because he's here and we don't, you know, we don't yep. want to influence him negatively. Totally. And, and I realized, well, sure, shouldn't we be that way with everybody? <laughs> I mean, why not? Why, yeah. why be inappropriate <laughs> around anyone? Fair. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> So my first my first category, which isn't what happened with your dad and your son, mm-hmm. is do you fight in front of your kids? Have disagreements. And it could be with your spouse. It could be your husband. It could be with your parents. It could just be with friends or 
So me and my husband try very hard not to. We have disagreements sometimes when our children are in the house, but we often will stop if they're in the same room Mm -hmm. or we will not be direct in what we're saying. So like we'll say, well, this person, blah, blah, blah. And we will definitely, we don't raise our voice at each other ever. We don't swear at each other ever in front of the children. We don't actually have arguments where they would know that they were arguments in front of our children. So we are very particular about that. So we we had a disagreement not too long ago. It was like last week. Um, And we... We're in the kitchen. None of our children were in the kitchen, but they were in other rooms. And we were very quiet. And once one of the children comes in, we either say, oh, mommy and daddy are talking, you know, go watch TV. Yeah. Or we just, you know, or or we just stop and take a break and we pick up somewhere else. So we try not to. Now, I will say that my parents argue in front of my children. (laughs) And my daughter will tell my parents, you two need to get along. Nice. Like flat out. I love it. Just like, why don't you guys just get along? Be nice That's to so each funny. other. I love so, it. So while me and my husband try very hard not to actually argue in front of our kids, my parents do not have that same opinion and <laughs> do fight with each other. And They're my, done being quiet my daughter about it. calls them out on it every time. That's adorable. <laughs> so, I think that's so cute. <laughs> but I think that that also recognizes like my kids don't like they don't have that environment where we argue a right. lot like so it's not a normal uh, occurrence that that's something that we just allow that that's something that we are okay with so whenever my parents do it she's like stop because yeah. that's not something yeah. that they see or want to see um but yeah so that's our take on it generally yeah speaking. i would say that for the most part we feel the same way mm. uh it's same idea where obviously disagreements have definitely oh, happened yeah for sure you know a lot of the disagreements that i have with my husband at this point have to do with logistical things our life is a logistical nightmare I mean, and sometimes it's, it's like all... did you call this person to watch yes. the children oh no i forgot uh, I asked you six times. Yes. Or whatever. It's 99% <laughs> organizational issues. Agreed. And yeah. so while they are disagreements <laughs> and you may be frustrated, in the grand scheme of things, nobody's packing their stuff and leaving right. at the yeah. end. It's not. So, yeah. it can, I'm not talking about it that. It can be overcome relatively easily. Yes. Yeah. But no, but saying all of that, even though maybe it's not that serious of a conversation, for the most part, we try not to look like appear as though we disagree with each other too much in front of the kids for a lot of the same reasons that you gave. Yeah, we we want and if I will say that sometimes we don't always agree on something and one of us will just take a fall and let the other like if it's something like we that our children are doing and we have two completely different opinions. One of us wins, and yeah. we pretend we're on the same page yeah. so that we don't get two different answers to our children because we don't want them to learn the, oh, I'll just ask mommy because I know daddy will say no. So we, right. we try don't want to and divide. make a unified front. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't necessarily agree, we pick one and go with it. One interesting thing that often happens, oh, not often, but sometimes happens in our house is that we are talking about other people that our children know. 
others. Mm. So whether it's my brother or my friend or this person, we've learned that we cannot say their names because our children will listen if they hear someone's name and be like, why are you talking about auntie so-and-so? Why are you talking about uncle Mm so-and-so? So we literally, if we're like, oh, she, he, and we know who we're talking about, we cannot say names right. out loud because True. they will 100% like Pick eavesdrop and try and listen to what we're talking about. So we try and be very careful about that because also they have big mouths. So Right. And you never know when yeah. what you're saying about somebody or is going to come up. Or even grandma or grandpa or whatever. Yeah, like, well, so mommy we're said vi- that exactly. you, uh, you mm-hmm. give whatever. her a hard time about yeah. this. So we cannot... We've, right. <laughs> learned over the last couple of years that if we are have to say something about someone or any of that, even if it's not necessarily bad, good, bad, or otherwise, you it's know, just any conversation at all can't about we that. cannot say their names out loud because one of the children will pick up on it and mm-hmm. remember. That's so we're careful little spies. about that. They're little spies, little spies, you guys. Yes, so. that's interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this has come up a lot more with me um, and my husband as well of course but uh talking about like family health issues Mm. sensitive things like that Uh, whether it was my own health or my husband's health or my parents or my brother or anything like that uh Hmm. you know it's weighed on me you know exactly what do you say what do you not say how far do you take things you know you don't want them to worry but you also don't you know we had so the reason why this has become very relevant for me oh, yeah. is, and this is going to seem silly as an initial thought, but um, our cat passed away mm-hmm. about six months ago sure. now. And it was very surprising. Mm-hmm. It happened very quickly. And so we were all very shocked. Sure. My children were extremely surprised because they really just didn't see that coming. Sure. Yeah. My husband and I, who have had pets before, kind of suspected that something was wrong but it also went very quickly yeah but but i'm talking about a couple of days i'm not talking about weeks or months or anything like or even seeing really any decline or anything Mm -hmm. it's just all of a sudden yep and um however though when the cat passed away we kind of you know when we were on our way to the vet we kind of thought oh you know this might not go well Mm -hmm. and we might hear find something out that's really unpleasant sure you know, and we were sort of like starting to hit prepare for that a little bit, whereas the children were not at all. Right. They were not they prepared for that at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, we have had many conversations with them since then about what happened in that case. Mm. And we have talked to them about how family members are doing health wise mm-hmm. to give okay. them just a better idea of you know what's going on i mean my parents are older yep. you know i mean my father is 78 years old right. and does have some health sure, issues sure. that have gone up and down here and there mm-hmm. and i don't want my kids to be surprised if even something moderately sure. or mildly bad were to happen a minor thing yeah. to be shocked and shaken about that mm-hmm. And then have something actually bad happen and they're just like completely blown away. Yeah. So instead of having them be blown Mm -hmm. away someday, I have conversations with them about my parents' health. You know, you know how parents are. They don't tell you anything anyway, (laughs) but when they do, you can pass it on to your children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I find opportunities to have those conversations in a simplified manner because oh, my kids yeah. are young. Yeah. But I do talk to them about health. Well, that's reasonable. You don't want, I mean, it, whether it be health or anything else, surprises are always harder to handle than if they're prepared or yes, at least mildly prepared yes. for something. You know, we luckily haven't had too many major things. Um, you know, my mom had open heart surgery a couple of years ago, which was a, a major surgery. Um, and it was pretty risky uh that that she had to have done she had to have a complete valve replacement and mm-hmm. you know it was mm-hmm. it was difficult um we didn't like there was a whole lot of preparation going into that we didn't talk much about it with them until shortly before she went in sure. for surgery um yeah. so she had lots of appointments lots of preparation lots of things but we also had to prepare them like you're not going to see grandma for a little while and when you do you need to be very careful right and you know she's having something done with her heart blah blah, blah. you know my husband's going in for another surgery or procedure i don't know what you want to call it whatever they're going to go burn part of his heart out um you know next month and they have to be very careful around him and you know yes. there's things so it's more at this point the how they have to act towards people and how they you need want to, to prepare change. their behavior a little yes. bit so yes. those things luckily we haven't had many significant things i will say in this not person but pet so my best friend her dog actually her vet was very concerned she had been bleeding significantly and she was acting different she was very concerned that the dog actually had cancer Uh um and i said it out loud and my kids have no idea what cancer is and i was like okay i need to explain in a kid friendly manner and so they were very concerned it wound up okay and it was a very significant infection and whatnot but we were like the dog's 12 if the dog has cancer that might be it like so how do we if that's the case we need to prepare and it's not our dog so it's different but they are very close with these people that we go there all the time this animal the dog goes camping with us it goes on vacations with us like we're yeah you know it comes to our house like the dogs have slept in our house we've had a sleepover with the dogs in our house yeah you know so it's and we were like okay well if that's the case then that's something we need to explain and talk to and whatnot and um they're at an age now that we would definitely do that with the twins. I would say with my oldest, the only things that we have to tell him is to be gentle with someone because the rest of it, he doesn't comprehend. Yeah. So sure. there's different. Now we're at a point where the twins definitely have the comprehension to grasp most things. Um, at least if I'm not explaining it on a level that I don't even you know understand. Well, but yeah. A basic yeah. level. Whereas my oldest... We only need to direct his behaviors more so. Yeah. Now, I've had thoughts like, what when my dad passes, what in the heck do I do? Like, that's his best friend. He sees him six yeah, days a week. He I spends know, right? hours a day with him. Like, he, I have no idea how I would even go and about explaining, like, you won't see him again. I'm like, I've I, had nightmares about this. I have no yeah, idea. No, at least the I mean, twins can understand. Like, they've, you know, they remember great grandma. They know that she passed away. Like, they understand the concept. I'm sure they would be distraught, but they understand. My oldest has no idea. Like, yeah. so I have no idea what I would do with that. Mm. I've thought about it. I have yeah, no answers. I but... don't either. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to read some books. I have no idea. I was going to say, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I mean, there's got to be a book. I'm sure there that are. You can read. But that's something that I've thought about extensively and have 
no answers at the moment on that one. But we definitely do have to explain the health things, you know. Again, I think the expectations are something that without that, children have a much harder time. So sudden changes are a big deal, especially more so when you're little like that. Like, so. I agree. I agree. (laughs) So we've talked about um, this We've talked about this before, but we'll kind of bring it back up very briefly. And Mm -hmm. it's obviously, it's a little bit of a lighter topic than our (laughs) last one. But what about cursing? Yeah. So this Mm. is kind of the one that came up with my son and my dad. Um, Yeah. We definitely swear in front of our children, not on purpose, but it just sometimes comes out. The twins know very much, like, don't say an adult word. And sometimes what our daughter will even be like, mom. You're not supposed to say that. Uh-huh. Um, and even with words that aren't really swear words, like if I st- call something stupid, she's like, that's not nice. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I too. mean, I know My it's kids not do nice, that too. but it was stupid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So they have the comprehension to know what words they're supposed to say and not say. Uh-huh. Like we watch, they watch movies that are too old for them that do. Yeah, have sure. We've talked about swear before, words yeah. and whatnot. But my oldest, because he is autistic and he's not super verbal, but he repeats. Yeah. So, and he doesn't get the context of that's not a word you should repeat. Of course. He just hears something. Because that's an and abstract. And he repeats it. Yeah. There's no concept. So that was what my dad was getting at with our friend was not in front of him because he doesn't know he's not supposed to repeat that. Yeah. And so we do, and I think we do a pretty good job of trying and by default not cursing as much in front of any of them right realistically because we try and not um there's been a couple of times that we're pretty sure he's said swear words uh and just re- repeated them because he heard it in mm-hmm. in context mm-hmm. too um and we haven't really had to nip that in the bud much. Right. Like if he said something a couple of times and we're like, you know, don't don't say that word or don't say something. It hasn't been an issue. Okay. So hopefully we're doing a good job of not saying things repeatedly in right, front of right. him. Mm-hmm. If we say it once and we catch ourselves, he probably isn't going to repeat something that he only hears you, once. Yeah. Typically. Uh, he could, though. Who knows? But we definitely, I think, having him around makes us much more cognizant and pay more attention to not you doing it. kind of censor that. You pay more attention, yeah, like you said. Yeah, right. Just because, again, he doesn't have the comprehension that he's not supposed to say right. that. Yeah. He just repeats what he hears. The twins, again, we can be like, that's an adult word. Don't say that. But because all three of them are often with us, like, you know, the only times that we're not is really when he's at therapy. Otherwise... You know, we're lucky enough that we can take him almost anywhere and he's yeah, okay. Sure, like, yeah. he's adaptable. So we're almost always the five of us. Mm-hmm. So we try and keep it to a relative minimum. A clean, <laughs> yes, a clean we try and be as clean as possible. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. So I will say that the twins have accidentally, like, you know, my young, my twin boy, like, he kicked the bed the other day and he definitely swore out loud, very loud. And I was like, I'm gonna let that one go. <laughs> like yeah. you hurt yourself. I'm I'm gonna. This is when gonna, swearing I'm happens. Gonna let this one go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, but they're pretty good about not saying things they're not supposed to, with the sole exception of when my daughter sings along to whatever's on the radio. She sings whatever words they say. Oh yes. <laughs> so of I'm like, of course. And as long as you don't say them any other time, I'm gonna. Right. I'm gonna right. leave it. Yeah. So yeah. we curse a little mm-hmm. in front of our kids and by a little i mean 
almost never. Yeah. Uh, when we do, they react pretty strongly. <laughs> they don't. They're like, what did you just say? Yeah. I picked my son up from camp today, my mm-hmm. older son. And I said, I didn't say heck. I mm-hmm. said something else. <laughs> and he looked at me. <laughs> and I was reacting to a small traffic jam uh. <laughs> that was taking place in the parking lot. I could not understand why we were not moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> I later discovered there were geese in the road. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it was just geese. I guess that's fine. And he was just like, oh, so it's okay for the geese to slow us down. And I was just like, it's not okay for anyone to slow us down. Stupid geese. That's not nice. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it just went, it, de- uh, just, it, it just, devolved yeah, into I get it. I get it. <laughs> poor language. I maybe. understand. It happens though. Yes. Like it's I we don't like I will say though the fact that we try and filter ourselves more makes me realize that we have some friends that swear a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, Oh yeah, no, you don't even try. Uh, <laughs> depending oh, no. on who we're with, and no, no, even yeah. with their children, I've seen people swear at their children, which is not something we ever do. I've not um, done that, but I don't think. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that I never. I mean, there's a distinct possibility at some point in their lives I I have, but very right, once, right. like very rarely. But I maybe we've got a handful right. of friends that I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, you guys swear a lot. And I will say that when I'm only, like, if we're out with just adults, I definitely do more. You'll curse like, a little I, bit yeah. more. Not, like, all the time, because I think I'm so programmed now that I don't as much because sure. I'm around the kids so much. You know, last week, I'm product of being with them for the last two years. I feel like I've adapted more yes. to them than other adults. But yes. when we're around some of our friends, I'm like, oh, you guys you guys curse a lot <laughs> right so it becomes more noticeable it does when you yeah. don't do it yeah and again the twins know like oh you don't say that they don't even at this point be like oh auntie blah blah, blah said it like they don't even try i'm like no it doesn't matter who says it you can't say it right so right. i think my one friend said when when you can drive and do like complex math or something like that that's when he, i don't know i'm sure she'll that's correct me on this to swear. yeah i'm sure she'll correct me there's some some sort of rules there's rules so like when Lo- you're yeah like, i <laughs> love that that's good yeah so but yeah generally speaking we try and try and not try and keep it to a minimum fair enough <laughs> yeah like i said yeah. i feel i think we're similar mm-hmm. uh i do find it surprising that neither of my kids have really slipped up and and cursed in front of me yeah i've been told about cursing like i'll you know my kids will wake up early on the weekends because mm-hmm. they're weirdos and our kids just sit now that they have tvs in the room thanks to grandma and grandpa they just sit in their room <laughs> yeah my kids play on the switch mm-hmm. and if you know anything about um parental controls <laughs> you know that even though you can set a time limit on the switch oh, yeah. it unlocks at 6 a.m Mm, yeah that i didn't know actually didn't know that for a long time but i know it now news to me i learned something new today (laughs) when you come downstairs on a saturday at 8 45 and your kid had two and a half hours of switch time already 
you're kind of like, uh, what? How did that happen? How did that happen? And you realize that that's what time the switch unlocks. You kind of start to figure out. Interesting. Okay, okay. I get it. So, but sometimes you'll come down and they'll both be playing Mm -hmm. and one of them will stop what they're doing and walk straight up to you and say, he called me a... (laughs) And I'll be like... He did, and he'll say, but he won't say the word. He'll say the the alternative or whatever. whatever, I don't don't even remember. (laughs) It happened a couple of times, but I've never actually heard one of them curse. I have a couple of times, but sometimes it's in like the perfect context, and you're like, do I I get mad at you, or do I like let it go? And so that's our struggle now, because like... It's not a regular occurrence. It's very rare. Right. And so it's kind of like, okay, if there's a reason and it's, it, it, you know, we're You're kind of at that about point. It. Now, I will also say I've heard their friends swear. Yes, so, I've also heard, and especially my older son. Yeah, that's not, I don't, I do not like that. But I've definitely heard a handful of their friends say things that I I wouldn't say in front of my children. And I'm like, yeah. clearly your parents don't seem to care much. But Not about this, that's this for sure. This is not something that they care about. But So I'm sure it's going to happen more as they get older. Yes. Because they're eight and they're already happening. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, our kids generally are pretty pretty good about that. So yeah. knock on wood. I'm I'm so far. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how long we can ride that wave. Yeah, things are gonna get harder as they get older for I sure. I feel like we're not gonna run out of things to talk about on this podcast. Oh no, they're just gonna get yeah. more complicated. More complicated. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna episodes are gonna start running a little bit longer, you guys. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. So the last kind of subject mm-hmm. I thought of uh which i think is maybe my opinion but Mm -hmm. maybe the least serious sure uh and i would i would say this goes back a little bit to you saying you when you talk about friends or when you talk Mm -hmm. about people you don't use their names Mm -hmm. um telling stories about sex drugs alcohol Mm -hmm. things like that uh yeah we're uh you know this has come up a handful of times now that weed is legal um well exactly that's a really good example it's uh it's something like that for example is something we still don't talk about in front of our children the fact Mm -hmm. that we do um you know my oldest actually is getting a medical cannabis card for a number of ailments that he has and Mm -hmm. it's approved by doctor and all that stuff but it's still like a taboo thing so like they know he takes medicine and that's cool because he takes lots of medicine, so mm-hmm. not gonna just gonna be thrown in with the rest of it. But the fact that when they go to bed, sometimes we do, you know, we will take an edible or do something, is not something that we make public knowledge to them or right. even know what that is. Right. Um. At what age they learn, I haven't decided yet. Uh, sure. You know, I feel like kids get older, younger nowadays than we did yeah so i think so i mean i even feel like with my son who's about to turn 11 i just feel like the things that he talks about Mm -hmm. are just things i never would have talked about as an 11 year old so so different nowadays that we're gonna have to have more difficult conversations earlier with our children um Mm -hmm. but like my kids have definitely seen like 
auntie or uncle so-and-so drunk 100 percent in our backyard like right um you know they know what alcohol is they know they're not allowed to to drink it i don't think they know what happens when you drink too much right Uh, they just know it's an adult drink and you can't have it now the why or the next step they don't know any of that you know yeah um they just know they're not allowed we've talked a little bit about that so we approached alcohol uh in the kind of the the base sense of it being poison oh okay (laughs) and which it is Technically, it, yeah. It really, it, it, it's poison, I you mean, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love it. I'm drinking it right now, but it's still poison. I love it, um. but it's poison. Uh, yeah. But, and that's how we approach okay. it. And they're like, well, why would you drink poison? Well, mm-hmm. the thing is that they make wine and beer and, and bourbon and things like that. And, and there are times where that's it tastes good to you. Sure. And if you're smart mm-hmm. and responsible, yeah. you can enjoy something like that without getting sick mm-hmm. or without getting hurt or whatever sure. might happen if you were to drink too much. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about, so if you drink too much, you're going to get sick. Yeah. And if you drink way too much, you could get very sick yeah. and you could die. Yeah. And yeah, totally I accurate. know that's like, whoa, this was the least serious topic. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's one thing to be like, you're not supposed to do that. It's another thing to tell them you're not supposed to do this because like, yeah. I feel like especially as my kids get older, giving them the context of why, like, you know, the because this this is something that say do as I say, not as I do. And yes. that context of you need to be responsible. And this is what negative could happen if you do this as they get older, is much more helpful than just saying no. Well, mm-hmm. and the same rules can apply to sex and drugs. And mm-hmm. you can, and I, we're talking yeah, sex mostly is about. have to be a discussion, though. I mean, like, yeah. I got my period at 10. Like, you yeah. know, my daughter's eight. Like, it's going to be. That subject's going to come up here pretty soon. definitely going to come up. Like, it's going to be something that I need to. I think my husband lost his virginity at like 13 or something ridiculous oh or 14. I mean, like God. it was young. So like, I mean, it's, it's something that needs to be discussed early these days, like, which is terrifying. I'm going to have a small <laughs> panic attack later about that 13 thing because my son is turning 11. So yeah. I just, we're going to, I'm going to glaze over that right now. Fair. I think about I'm that. just saying it's something just that we're going to need to talk about. Now hold it together. Early because that's <laughs> unfortunately also kids, kids hear things and yes. kids like video games are fine, but like I listen in sometimes because my son will play Fortnite on the TV mm-hmm, in the TV room mm-hmm. and not with headphones. And so I'll hear all of the people talking in the background and like there's so much more that they hear now yes. because they have that ability to communicate with people yes. that aren't right in front of you than we did. Yeah. So they have, you know, I was doing something in the kitchen today and my son was video chatting with three of his friends while he was like putting Legos together just because it's like I am on kids messenger just because yeah, why not sure whatever. you know socialize but yeah that's so much more readily available now than and you're not in that room like those kids he could have headphones on and I have no idea what's going on well you know? absolutely and so. I mean I have a friend who's got a daughter that went to preschool with my oldest mm-hmm. she said they had a sleepover and it was all these 11 year old girls yeah. And the things that they were talking about. I'm sure. You know? Yeah, and right. I think that 
you, it, I've always said, my husband and I have had this conversation with people a couple of times. I've always said, when it comes to sex, for mm-hmm. example, which I guarantee you we are going to have an episode eventually. Oh, God, maybe yeah. A We're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to that subject, I do not want my kids to feel like this is this horrifying, forbidden thing. I that, do not want the conversation my parents had with me, which is essentially just don't do it because that wasn't right? effective at all. Like or literally nothing at, at all. all or say nothing at yeah. all ever. Neither of those are productive. No. Like you have to have, we as the parents now have to take what happened when we were kids and do better than what that was. And I think that, <laughs> I think that our, and I'm not going to, as like a generation, blanket, not necessarily but yeah, our parents, I think our but, generation yeah. hopefully has reached a point for the most part where you your approach and your attitude towards sex is that you're not going to prevent it from happening. No. So maybe just like literally everything else that you teach your kid, teach them how to be smart and responsible. Yes. yes. And yes. if you do that in mm-hmm. a reasonable way you might actually succeed yeah just like in everything yeah just like me trying to get my son to write in a planner what he's doing each day <laughs> and then subsequently lose that planner two weeks after buying it and now we're uh, lost we just <laughs> want to raise good responsible I'm children that's literally all like a not good be human jerks. being yes. yeah and, i agree yeah and no. this is just mm-hmm. another way of doing that I, and i think yes. that if you treat Things like sex and drugs and alcohol yes. as forbidden and secretive. Then you know they're going to do it. Yeah. It's rule number <laughs> We've one. We've lived this already. When you, get, when you tell your child no, it's the first thing that they... Right? I told my son he could not ride his hoverboard outside today yeah. because I was not able to go out and supervise him. Uh-huh. And the first thing he said was, why won't you let me ride my hoverboard right now? Mm-hmm. I want to. Not... Yeah. Oh, I respect your opinion, yes. mother. Thank you for no. sharing it. That was not at all what was going through no. his head. No. It was like, I was forbidden to do this. How I'm, can I get this I'm going to challenge this? her until yes. she gives in. Yes. Which is only what he's going to do when he's asking permission right. for something. But when they're just, I mean, we we lived this life. Like, we did, we've been there and we need to learn from that. But, yeah, it's more of a timing thing at this point. Because it's like, right. when we were kids, it was a little bit different. Now I feel like kids are talking about topics like that so much earlier than I would have even thought yes. we would. So it's like, how do I make sure that I talk about it at the right time, but not too early to right. push them to it? Because I don't want to do that, but I also want them to be prepared. It's just that's the almost the harder part. I feel like I can have the conversation about being safe mm-hmm. and with my girl, like she needs something like I went into the ghetto to get birth control on my own. At least I was smart about it. Like, I didn't have a kid at a teenage, you know. Right. But I went and I did it by myself because I was like, I don't want a kid now. But my mother was not supportive of that. Like, there's zero chance of her taking me. Yeah. But if that's something that's happening, I would rather know... And help be safe about it, then have them do it behind my back, and then be completely yeah. unsafe. So, yeah. I mean, but at I, what point do we do that? I, I, <laughs> that's don't my know. struggle right now. Is I don't know. It might when require an email to the school nurse, <laughs> right? Like, okay, what's the right age now? Because we, I just don't know. <laughs> can you just give me like a date and a time? <laughs> yes. That I'm supposed I can, to put the box of condoms in the bathroom exactly. cabinet. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to be like, okay, little boy, like if 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 this comes to it. 
just take this. Take this. Just make sure you have it and just use it. Take it. And that's There's you don't have to talk to me about it. In there. Just just do it. We don't need to have Be a conversation. Smart. I'll just monitor. Like <laughs> just when it's when it's empty. Yeah. Just take the box and just leave and it. We don't even have to out. talk. Like don't even and, have to talk. And I will put another one yes. in. Yes, that's fine. I I'm love good you. with this. That's that my is plan. Fine. That's oh, what I, I have so far. No, I'm <laughs> totally on board with that. Completely. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, let's drink right, some barley wine. We're gonna drink wine. some old foghorn barley wine here and I'm so excited. Move to on from this. scary future conversations. And that was supposed to be the easy one. I mean, sorry guys. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm I Ooh. I think that nowadays our generation has a pretty good relationship. At least the people that I am friends with have a pretty good relationship with their kids and yes. a much more open communication than Yes. And I'm very close with my parents, but they also have very old-fashioned values and things that were right and wrong and what you did and what you didn't yes my mother's still very religious like so it's just different yeah. i'm much more understanding of the fact that kids are going to do things that i don't want them to do whether i say it or not and we just need yeah. to teach them to be responsible and safe the thing is though my mom was married at 19 years old like it's a different world now you oh, know what i mean oh my like, goodness right so and i can't imagine how I mean, being married at 19. I mean, right? like, that was way before I did any of the stupid stuff I needed to do to become the well-rounded human being I am today. Also that. Like, you need to have <laughs> life experiences in order to be a smart, like, even to be a, like, smart, good parent. You have to live through some of these things to be like, I remember when I was your well, age. <laughs> and, you know, maybe out of fairness to your mom, yeah. maybe that's why she... Yeah didn't necessarily approach some of the more adult things that happened to sure. you yeah. in the most in the best way yeah. because she was she was she started, was I think so she young. started dating my dad at 16 but she was married at 19 yeah. so like there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of other growing up to do outside of already being married like yeah. so you know I started dating my husband at 16 as well but we didn't get married till like, oh, twenty seven. Yeah, like a decade right? later. So I was gonna say because I know it was really close to when I got married. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I was, was twenty seven. I think so. You were probably twenty five mm -hmm. or twenty six. Twenty six. I maybe? was twenty six when we got married. Yeah. 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 So it's you know it was a decade. We were together a decade, but I went to college and had a job and bought a house before I got married. You know right? all of those things. So there was yeah. a lot more life experience that we lived through and did not even together. We didn't go to the same college. We didn't do, right? you know, so. And that was probably a good thing yeah. because you got something out of college that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten yeah. if you were there with this one or other person. Or if we were, if we went to Moraine or community college together or something close to home and bought you a house maybe, and then. Maybe we would have had a different experience. Yeah. Yes. Every, everything is different. And I'm, I'm happy with the experiences I had. And I think that also we've both learned life lessons we can pass on to our kids. And I think that that's. Totally beneficial for sure so totally all right barley wine what do you wine. think of this barley wine Ooh. i feel like it's been too long since i've had a barley wine that's what i think i was gonna say <sighs> man i know it's summer and we didn't haven't had a barley wine in a while this is good it's good it's smooth to me yeah i was gonna say you know the thing about barley wine and as i just said i haven't <laughs> had one in a while yeah 
uh, I'm always just a little bit shocked initially by it. Like okay. barley wines just kind of like It's a very like unique flavor. Initially. Yeah. Because they're not stouts. They're not uh, porters. They're no, not scotch they're their own animal. Like they're, they're like totally... A totally different thing. Yes. And they don't taste like anything else. No. They're very unique in their flavor. Um, but, and I think even within the barley wine family... There's varying degrees of alcohol burn mm-hmm, to them mm-hmm. or like different tastes. I think this one is very smooth for a barley wine yes, to me. Um, I agree. It's very easy drinking. It goes down very easily. <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, we've, we're at nine and a half percent alcohol. Which, it does not taste like a nine and a half percent alcohol, though, to me. Which is it would be a cause for me to like get into a fight later if I drank too much. Right. So, but it, I, this one, it would be a little dangerous because it's so smooth Mm -hmm. and it's got almost a creamier taste than a regular Mm -hmm. barley wine to it. It is a very easy drinking barley wine. Some of them, you get more of that alcohol burn to them. Yeah. This one, I I don't as much, even though it's a very high ABV. Uh It's a very smooth, high ABV to me. Yeah. At least. So I agree. I agree. I like it. It's very good, it though. Is I'm not, this is not a bad commentary at all. It's no. a very be careful how much you drink of this yeah. because that's it's about how much is in there? Is that a, a normal? Ounce? Yeah, I was going to say it's. Oh, man. I know you want me to find it. Yes. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> the crazy thing about bottles and cans and labels these days <laughs> is that there's like no rhyme or reason to where th- information is anymore. I know. So I'm you looking at this search. bottle. And on the label, on the main label that says Old Foghorn, mm-hmm. it says 12 fluid ounces. Okay, okay, cool. It does not say the alcohol oh, on that part of the label. You it's on the it? back <laughs> underneath the part about what you get for recycling. You know, if you like turn <laughs> yep, them into the turn place. In the, the bottle. Yeah. And how you get like huh. five cents or ten cents. <laughs> it's by it's that. under That's that. That's interesting. And it says nine and a half percent alcohol by volume and huh. i'm just like oh okay guys and there's some there's it, the, the first that it is frustrating to me sometimes when it's hard to find like some of the unique can art they like hide some of that in the art right and so like there's this little thing like i love pollyanna but they do that on their fun size too they'll put like writing on the little chocolate bars or like in like, the mouth or yeah something. like it's it's yes. in like a unique part of the picture and right. i wouldn't always look you know what i mean like yes. oh cool art and look for words but like yeah it, sometimes it's hidden yeah. um and i'm sure it's you know for be to be more aesthetically pleasing it's not like they're trying to trick us but it's just to me like where is this piece of information but then again they are they, they put it on there because they're required to put it on correct. there. If they didn't have to put it on there, they, may they wouldn't incorporate yeah. it into the design True. the way they do it yes. in a lot of occasions, in my mm. opinion. Mm. And so, like, yeah. like <laughs> putting how many ounces are in this bottle in your, you know, in my mind doesn't really feel necessary. Why do I need to know True. how many ounces are in the bottle? Yeah. It probably doesn't matter. But I think yeah. probably from a legal you probably need to perspective, put how much it has is, to say yeah. how big the bottle that is. That is probably accurate. There are probably some certain ch- boxes they need to check that. Yep. And they sometimes do it in a creative way that <laughs> I can't find. <laughs> but Yes. That doesn't is, frustrate me at all. Yeah, this <laughs> is very tasty. Anchor totally... It totally hits uh, hits all the spots. With I this, agree. And I, I agree. I'm very thoroughly pleased. enjoy this. Bar Glad that we got to anchor. That was a good one. I like it. All right, yeah. this was great. 
All right. Thanks for joining us, you guys, for another episode. And we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week and cheers to you all. 